When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. D-O-I in apostrophe, I-T-W-I-T, H-D-A-N-N-Y, and J-E-N-N-Y. Doing it with Danny and Jenny, doing it with Danny and Jenny. Viva la revolution. It's a revolution. Doing it nation. Oh my God. Doing it nation. Thanks for sticking with us all this time. And uh, boy, are you rewarded today? I mean, yeah. I mean, thanks for doing it. Continuing to do it. We put you through some, yeah, we put you through some episodes that I'd love to take back. I'm not going to lie. I mean, um, I'm not going to point fingers at people, but um, (laughs) I mean, there, there are certain people that have delivered and then there's certain people that, yeah, I mean, Michelle Obama was frankly a little disappointing. I, thought. I mean, a little bit. It's like she yeah. was like the Postmates person that can't figure out your address. You know, it's like she's there, but not really. How did I buzz in? Well, yeah. yeah. Um, well, um, but boy, have we made it up. Jenny, you traditionally introduce our guests. So. I do because you're not very good at it. No, I, I, I stumble. You stumble. We get too nervous. We've had. I do. There's a lot of pressure. Because we had heavy hitters. We got a heavy hitter. Not today. No, we do. <laughs> we got, I no, mean, I don't even hitters. know where to start. Hey, like, how much I, I enjoy this person who is our guest. I truly, one of my favorite people. I mean, I found our guest through Twitter, I don't know, 2000 decades ago. But literally everything that I love on Family Guy, I feel it like comes from this person. It's Alex Sulkin. It's the Sulk. I mean, if you don't follow, if you don't, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, if you That's like the movie nice. Ted, if you like Ted 2, if you like Ted 3, Judgment Day. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> but Alex, this is so exciting. Thank you for being here. Well, thanks for having me. I can't, as you said, you went through, if you like Ted, if you like Ted 2, that's, if there ever there's an example of applause declining, <laughs> Uh, on that, then we need you, to you make it, it a plot up guy. No, put that in. I uh, thank you guys for having me. I love you. I love what you guys are doing. So I, I really appreciate it. I'm not going to say it's about time, but I'm very happy to be here. It was a, it was, yeah, we, we felt, um, yeah. I mean, the, you, with certain people, you're just afraid to approach them right away. You don't yeah. want to, I mean, you always, <laughs> we were always, when we put out the breakdown of podcast guests, it said, looking for an Alex Sulkin type. type. Right. 
So you had you had uh, David Crumholtz, yeah. uh, <laughs> Adam Goldberg. You had a few. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah. No, that, we had Keith Morrison from Dateline. That oh, was close. yeah, we had Keith. Yeah, and I then mean, we had very a, similar. And then we yeah. had Anne Murray, which is very similar as well. Oh, Anne Murray, the Snowbird. You <laughs> the gotta snowbird. love Anne Murray. Oh my God, that was <laughs> Danny and I literally fangirling like. Oh yeah. my God, it fucking Anne I mean, <laughs> you know, it was crazy. And we've had a few that I fangirled on and we fangirl with you too. I mean, um, we've had astronauts, but this is better. <laughs> well, did you have the one? Oh, no, no. I guess that was her lover who shit her pants driving across country to go see oh, her. The diaper, the diaper I'm still lady. waiting to hear back from her. I invited her. I would, I'm a fan of her work. She'd be a good guest for you guys. I'm separated, so I'm hoping maybe something happens with it. <laughs> um, well, yeah, it's great to um, see you. I, mean, I came to know you, Al. I mean, I always credit you with, um, I, I had a very dismissive attitude about Twitter, about uh, not like the dismissive attitude I have about it now, which is right. weird, but early on, it was, uh, I, I thought like, what, 140, what is this for people who are like, don't have the patience to post on Facebook? I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, like 13 years ago, 14 years ago, like, I saw, oh, you're making these jokes. You're doing jokes. You're doing funnies. I would love to do that because I don't know about you, like, you know, there, there were all these jokes you could write, but if you're working on a family show, like there were jokes I could never do on Modern Family or the jokes I couldn't do on previous shows. And it's like, I came up as a joke writer. So you inspired, I think, a lot of people, yeah. a lot of funny people to spread their wings on Twitter. Uh, and thank you for saying that. It's very nice. Um, when, when I first joined Twitter, like most older people joining something youngish like that. I, I totally relied on the help of, uh, it was like an intern or an assistant at Family Guy at the time who was going on and on about Twitter. And, I, and so I think my, literally my first tweet, which sometimes they'll send you like, here's your first tweet. Remember <laughs> right. And my first tweet was to this guy, Spencer Porter. It was like, is this how it works? Yeah. <laughs> so like, then I get like, it's not a, a joke or an indication of anything. It's just a right. guy trying to use something new. <laughs> like when your parents' friends like send you those uh, Facebook friend requests. Yes. And their profile pictures like sideways. And it's always like, you need to clean your screen off. And, yeah. and their first post will be like, how do I do this? Am I Facebooking right? Like, <laughs> am, I, am I doing this correctly? Exactly. Absolutely. I, I, it's sort of related to that. And I, one of my favorite... Um, things that ever happened on Twitter and happened many years ago. Do you follow Mary Coco, Mary Kobayashi? But, um, oh, yes. I love Mary Coco. But she, she, she found, and this is how I became friends with her, she found an account. It was this guy, it was a, an account with um, Daffy Duck on it. But oh, that God. was Donald <laughs> Duck. It was Donald and he, he Duck. So it's at Donald Duck. And the tweet was simply no capitalization, no capitalization, no, um, oh, earthquake. Oh shit! You feel it? I just felt it. Oh my god! Oh, holy cow! Crazy. East Coast. And he just goes earthquake. East yeah. Coast. And I just felt it. Wow! It was wild. Wow! And you didn't wow. feel anything. No, no, I'm I'm on Cape Cod, oh. so nothing. I felt a sea breeze. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little worrying. Was it a little muggy out. Yeah. Or a little wow. Oh, let me finish that up. Short. I mean, I can't, it's hard to. It's hard to top an earthquake, I but I don't want to leave the audience hanging on Donald Duck. But he I mean, literally, tweeted, this 
This is like we, the most dramatic podcast we've ever I had. <laughs> I know. I feel like we were also very brave. Like we didn't do that thing that the news anchors do. You know, yeah. Like at our well, it, it, no offense, it didn't seem like it was that big. I'm saying, oh, they're saying it's the but, biggest. But by the way, I bet if you go on Twitter right now, people will be like, "It's Armageddon." Are you fucking yeah. kidding me? Like, hunger yeah, down. We were like, "What? Yeah. Oh my god, that's hilarious." Well, no. Does this does this bother you that now, like, the tweets will come out that are just kind of like those people who are like halfway to being funny, and they're oh, kind of like, "Oh, thanks, LA. What else you got?" Or like, oh, "Okay, just just a Wednesday, whenever, LA." It's like, yeah, I. I that's like breakfast for me like what else do you have um, every, then, every time you, you see that like, when I first moved to out here like eight years ago and I remember it rained and I couldn't believe like it was trending on Twitter yeah. it was just raining that was yeah. it I'm like people Priuses are spinning out like it was the least like I'm coming from Houston where there's fucking hurricanes and shit and everyone's like yeah oh my god it's crazy there were it's, it's, people just want to just it's it's also funny it's like anybody else feel that and it's like you could find for sure in <laughs> yeah, one yeah. second if we had an earthquake um, oh no, the, let me finish this story like, jenny or i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna explode just so i never have to say it again it's like i don't want to go back i want to get rid of this story it it's not and it's gonna it's gonna die on the vine here but it was like I, I'm gonna. It's trust me, it's not. But this Donald Duck had one tweet ever, and it was, "Hey guys," yeah. and every, it has thirty thousand retweets because everybody was. Just, <laughs> and, and this guy never came out. I wonder if he ever saw it. But that's it. Wow. Back to Earth. But by the way, you're probably responsible for like ten thousand of those. Hey guys, I love it. I still do it. Any <laughs> often when when there's a, it actually ties into this. When there's an earthquake and people are like, "Did you feel that?" Did you, like instead of doing anything, I just retweet the "Hey guys." <laughs> <laughs> so did you tweet that during the insurrection? I, I, no, no, I was too angry during the insurrection. <laughs> so, Daddy and I always do the asshole thing too, which was hashtagging Tony twenty twelve. That's our favorite. Everything. Like, it doesn't matter what happened. I'm like, oh my God, my dad died, Tony 2012. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cats of the internet. Um, yeah. you know. <laughs> 2025. So, Alec, you became like someone that was, how did you find Twitter? Like, how was that something as you as you got on it? You felt like the old person, but you, you became very popular. Very yeah, popular. well, I had a few lucky, like anything like that, where I just, uh, one of the writers on Family Guy for a long time is this guy, Gary Gennetti. So funny, you know. I love Gary, yeah. You, you guys know Gary, obviously. So he's been dating this guy, Brad, or they're married, Brad yeah. Garrett. Yeah. Um, and you know him, he had his Bravo show and all right. that stuff. He's a uh, fashion uh, yeah. designer, but not designer. What is he? A, a, he like a gets, he's a stylist. He's like a, you know. Yeah, I didn't want to get that. I didn't want to get that wrong. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> they're, he, both, they're both beautiful. It's really they are. Beautiful. They are. It's funny. And and Gary, as Gary always likes to say, he's like, you should have seen me in my 20s. <laughs> he's always like bemoaning how hot he used to be. But he so anyway, Brad already had like kind of a Twitter presence because yeah. he was either on TV on the Rachel Zoe project at that time or something. Yeah. So he had like, you know, 50,000, which was a lot. It seemed like a ton. Yeah. 
support. And so yeah. When I started tweeting, I guess Gary was reading it and he would show it to Brad. And so Brad started retweeting me and that created like an instant kind of, yeah. you know, back when people listen to other people on Twitter and you'd say, oh, yeah. follow somebody and then a bunch of people would go follow them. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what Friday. happened. Yeah, that 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 happened to start it off, and then yeah. it just hit that uh, kind of critical mass where it it grew on its own for a little while. I do think what you did that, like like especially early on, that people weren't doing at all was you really locked into a voice on Twitter. Yeah. Like you found this voice. <laughs> yeah, but it was like it was very like um, it was just like it was like oh, you're not just these are you. I could read a tweet and know it was yours at a certain right. point, which was like, because well, first of all, they, they, your, your batting average was super high. And I think like, it was basically like you and um, Rob Delaney also so, yeah. so funny had that voice on Twitter. And it was just like, and I think, you know, for him, there was like, and probably for you too, to some extent, although you were already kind of established as a writer on Family Guy, right? I'd been there for a while, for about seven years at that point. Yeah, because Rob's career took off. Totally. And, and uh, he really was smart about it. So Absolutely. Yeah. No, and, and he's hilarious. And that, that's uh, very nice of you to say. And I think as Jenny pointed out, it's, it, it is, just happens to be very lucky there again that my last name is Sulkin <laughs> and that, you know, I kind of look annoyed. And so I think that all just made it a lot easier. I I remember having so much fun picking out my Twitter avatar, you know, like just like looking for that picture and finding it and then being like, okay, well, yeah, this guy looks like he would just be annoyed at everything. I didn't recognize you're one of those people I didn't recognize when I met you because you had that bigger beard. It doesn't like I remember meeting you maybe like, I don't know, a year or two after I followed you. And I was like, oh, that's not, I didn't realize that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you had your mustache working. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of have a Play-Doh barbershop type face where different things come in at different times. That's Same. sexy. Same. Same. Thank you. Same. Thank you. Same. Danny, <laughs> separated, you say. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm feeling very left out. I'm the only one who doesn't have uh, an, an instrument behind me. Yeah, mine's bigger. Well, I can't play yeah. mine. Danny, I can actually play his. So there's. But um, I'll do a concert later. Pure decoration. Um, um, I have to I, say I, that I, one thing. Yeah. Um, oh, do you want to ask a question first? No, no, you go, and then I'll ask. Okay. I cut you off before, so you're entitled to a cut. Okay. <laughs> this is your cut. So one thing I very much enjoyed was when you would, you, it was you and your dad having a visit together, and you would document your dad and like going down the pharmacy aisle and like I remember that that was something that was so enjoyable to me it was, did your dad think that was funny or like did, was he aware of it I think well I mean like I kind of have a it's not even that complicated I made it more complicated than it needed to be but I have a his obviously as we all do with our dads I have a long uh Richard history with my dad so my dad, uh, you know, and my mom got divorced when I was five and he left and lived in England for a while. And so wow. then I, I think that I just convinced myself at some point in my life that I should be upset with him about that, okay. even though he's like such a sweet guy. Like, and looking back now as a 48 year old man and, and seeing the different ways that wives can make you feel like I have so much more sympathy for my dad. I'm like, I kind of blamed him for leaving. And now I'm looking at the whole thing like, Hmm, 
Um, so anyway, <laughs> all this going in, I feel like when I would do comedy about my dad, like even back then, which is now whatever, 10 years ago or something. And I had a different attitude towards him. And I was like, well, if he's offended by that, well, I don't fucking care because he left when I was five. So like I would do all this shit and like he might be made aware of it. And I'd have to go through like a little like parent yeah. father son phone call of like, oh, dad, it's flattering. And you're part yeah. of this thing. And so many people liked it. So I think I was would ju justified in my mind. But now I think I'm in a much better place with my dad. And I think he would laugh at that. Like, because I remember exactly the tweet you're referring to, which was right when he came to visit me in town, the very first place he made me stop was to go get like Metamucil and like all sorts <laughs> of things to help him shit. And he, like, it was like, you took down. a picture of him like walking down the aisle, just looking like, like, yeah. I mean, so I took funny. my dad, <laughs> same thing. It's just like, <laughs> my therapy experience was my dad. I, I, my, I, my dad was, I think, not as sweet a guy as yours sounds like, but, um, but I did have that moment where it's like, you know, I always think the, the goal of therapy should be like, you know, you go in, you know, you hate one parent and if it's successful therapy, you come out hating both of them. Right. Um, and, and, <laughs> and, you know, so I kind of, uh, I, I, I kind of relate to it. The question I wanted to ask you, because I think people are always interested. We have probably a lot of aspiring, um, comedy people out there. And I'm, I always find people's journey to the big gig. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. How did you come to be a part of Seth's world? What were you working on before that? Like, how did you like, give me your origin story. Sure. Well, I mean, the, the very fast version of before LA was worked for Saturday Night Live as a writer's assistant um, and was fired, uh, replaced by Regis Philbin's daughter. So it was, I actually know JJ. Yeah, it was kind of a nightmarish thing. I bring it up on every podcast and I met her once finally. And she's like, yeah, I'm JJ Feldman. So <laughs> clearly she's heard me gripe about it before. Um, wait, wait, how long were you there? Like, how well, long so there? I was, I was an intern at Saturday Night Live when I was in college, which was okay. a very cool thing. Must and be. so then I was able to turn that into becoming the writer's assistant there my first year out of college. And being a writer's assistant back then was totally different than it is now, where as now you need people who can get every word and they're, you know, they're organizing everybody. There weren't even like computers or internet or anything when I was there. So writers just would go in their office and write. And I was in charge of getting meals, you know, like bringing food up. Wow. It wasn't like glamorous, but it was, my desk was literally right in the room where they all performed the table. It was great. I of loved course. that job. And There's I wanted like to work there. In the door too. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I wanted to work, uh, be there, a writer there so badly. I used, they used to let me write, you probably remember on Must See TV Thursdays yeah. when like at like in between nine and 9.30 show, they'd have the host from SNL and be like, hi, I'm David Schwimmer. I'm hosting SNL with, uh, you know, the band live and then one yeah. joke. Yeah. And so they used to let me write those jokes. Oh, that's and, so thrilling. And it was like, and by the way, that that little joke, whatever little joke I wrote for those weeks, is already will be seen by way more people than we'll ever see anything else that I do. So <laughs> it was it was a thrilling time. And so I'm all amped up, like I'm gonna work as a writer's assistant and then I'll be a writer here. Then JJ Philbin, <laughs> who is a nice person, by the yeah. way comes on her dad's show, Live with Regis and Kathy Lee. And Regis is like, 
JJ, look at the camera, T talk right to Lauren Michaels. And she was <laughs> like, hi, Lauren, like, I want a job on your show. So a little secret about SNL is nobody gets fired from SNL, nobody. There was like a, a, a sound engineer there who literally burned his office down with a crack pipe, was not fired. <laughs> so I, uh, but I am just instantly tossed out when yeah. Jay Philbin needs a spot. And yeah. so I, I said that was going to be short and I lied. I apologize. I love this story. <laughs> it gets me fired up. It's so anyway, then I'm tossed into the, the cesspool of New York stand-up where I, oh, wow. I meet uh, different people that I we still work with all the time, and um, but I do that. What for, year would this have been? By the this way, this is like '96 because I remember my first jokes were about uh, the Atlanta Olympics, <laughs> wow. or, or whatever Olympics were in '96. Yeah, I it was '96. That yeah. was the year I graduated high school, and that was the Olympics. <laughs> right. So now I feel older, um, but you'll, so you'll I, never be as old as Danny. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Nine that's years right. older than you. Thank I think you're older. Yeah. So I did that for a while, was living on like, I, it, my living situation was ridiculous. I was living with my girlfriend in New York, but she lived with her parents. So we were actually living in her childhood bedroom on bunk beds. And my, so hot. <laughs> my, face, my face was like this far away from like a taped up picture of Kevin Bacon out of Rolling Stone <laughs> that was like kind of fraying on the edge. Um, so I lived in that situation for three years almost. Oh my God. Yeah, a long time. Uh, and then just through, again, another stroke of luck, some guy I knew at SNL was going out to start writing for the Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn. Oh. And he somehow he got my packet of jokes in front of him and I was lucky enough to get hired. That's in 1999. Wow. So I came out to LA with a job was working there for three years, uh, decided I wanted to get into sitcoms for the money, right. and uh, was lucky enough to land on a show called The Pits. Oh, yeah. Short-lived show on Fox, uh, run by, created by Mike Scully. Right. Who's just oh, oh. An awesome guy. And guy. Uh, Seth Mike. was on, Seth McFarlane was on that staff because it was in one of the periods when Family Guy was canceled. Mm -hmm. And so we are basically the same age and we hit it off on that show. And we started like hang going to bars and karaoke and stuff. And he, I remember him telling me at a karaoke bar, like they're thinking of bringing family guy back. And would you want to work there? And yeah. at the time I had never seen it. Cause I was totally like a Simpsons purist. Yeah. yeah. And, we, and then, we, had, we had to denigrate that at that point. I remember that. It's yeah. Like, I, I yeah. And it was really Oh, I, I was so much so that when it was on the first time in it, because I would watch Friends and Family Guy and Friends were up against each other, which is why Family Guy was canceled. Mm -hmm. like, they set them up to fail. But yeah. I would, you know, put, you know, put the VHS tape in to record Family Guy and then I would watch Friends. But obviously nothing picks up on those numbers no those numbers <laughs> we've, got some, we've got some promising betamax numbers in houston <laughs> but i was like i'm such a dire simpsons fan that i remember going okay let's see what you're about family yeah. guy yeah. like i was just so cocky about it but i loved it instantly doing it nation our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all the latest odds news and sports developments including this year's nba finals the nhl hockey conference finals major league baseball scores 
all the latest fighting news and even next season's early NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50, that's CLNS50, to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, Doing It Nation listeners, I'm about to hit y'all with a testimonial from our new sponsor, that I'm absolutely thrilled about. It's Athletic Greens and their product AG1, which I recently started taking. And I have to tell y'all, you've heard it from me, Jenny Johnson, comedian, podcast host, all around hottie. You gotta get yourself some AG1, okay? Because I started taking it and I have noticed such a huge difference. It contains, a big thing for me is I'm always looking for things low in sugar. This contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, all while still tasting good. And I'm forever searching for health options, low in sugar and high in taste. And this actually has both. So it's absolutely perfect for me. It gives me energy during the day and helps me get a great night's sleep which is something I've always struggled with. And right now, it's the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash doing it. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash doing it to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. AG1, get you some. Yeah, well, I, it, for me, it was one of those things where he was like, they're thinking of bringing it back and would you like to work there? And I, and I my job, whatever I was working on at the time was either shitty or failing or something. Yeah. And uh, so I said, yeah, sure. And then sure enough, it happened. And I had to jam in a bunch of family guy viewings. And, and uh, yeah. then I've been there pretty much since 2004. It's amazing. God. Yeah. But, and, and you do like voices too. I mean, you voice a lot of things. <laughs> my, my voice is usually like the one you're hearing now. And yeah, it was, <laughs> this is what it's what I imagine Jesus would sound like. <laughs> there you go. Very good. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's another benefit of working with Seth, because early on, uh, at least when we were there, he got it in his mind that the writers who pitch the jokes in many instances were the best people to perform them on the show. Yeah, um, because he feels like writers have a, a better sense of like where the joke is and some lines like that. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I got to do a lot of voices that end up being like, I say my voice often has a number after it. It's like Jewish guy, number two, like <laughs> Arab guy, number three, you know, so I, I do a lot of that. Well, I actually remember going to a, a table read. This was, I mean, I was still living in Houston, like, I don't know, Danny, if it was one of the first times we met, but I was like still oh, in wow. Houston. I was in, and somehow or another, I got invited. I'm trying to remember who it was that maybe JC Samuels or Artie or like someone invited me right. to go to a, a table read, and I was thrilled. You were actually doing Seth Green's part. He wasn't there. And right, you were, Chris. Chris Griffin, yeah. Did you do that? 
frequently because you nailed it. I, I wouldn't have known the difference. No, except I'm looking right at you. Doing it. It's uh, that's again, you're too kind. And by the way, if Seth Green were there, you would have noticed the difference. But um, <laughs> we do for most of the table reads, we have the writers reading those parts because when the table reads were live, obviously a lot of the actors wouldn't come. Now that it's on Zoom, they're kind of there a lot more. Uh -huh. But the funny thing with Chris Griffin, because I used to totally enjoy doing that in the sort of hammy actor way. Yeah. You kind of enjoy getting people to be like, oh, he's actually good. Yeah. Um, but I, so I was there, I would do that. And then we left Family Guy for a little while to do Ted or, or Ted 2 or something like that. Yeah. And then I came back and we had been gone for a few months. And one of the other writers had been doing it, this writer, Mark Henteman, who's very funny. Oh, I love Mark. I, I, hired him on, I hired him on a show I did for the WB. He's great. He's so funny. Yeah. yeah. You know, he was struck by lightning, right? Recently or as a, yeah. as a child? No, but that's the joke. He was struck by lightning as like a teenager when he was a caricature artist at a theme park, like in the, in the parking lot. Where he ruined every child's fucking self-esteem <laughs> yes, by pointing totally. out their big nose or giant ears or whatever. But so when, when you work with Mark Hentiman, that makes a lot of sense. It does. I, I never knew this story. And so we have a, or another writer, I think it's Danny Smith on the show who says this. He's like, whenever Mark does something weird and then leaves the room, Danny will go, I know Mark was struck by lightning, but was he struck by lightning just now? <laughs> <laughs> But so anyway, Mark is doing Chris and he's very good at it. And when I came back, there was very much like this high schooly feeling like Mark does Chris now. <laughs> oh, you know? yeah. So like I came back and I can't be like, you know, hey, I want to read this part that's meaningless because I'll never, you know, I don't perform it anyway. And then they're like, uh, sorry, Ted boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm His Chris is better than your Chris. And yeah, like, exactly. Well, There's a lot of the that. lines back and forth. And then the line will be like, I want it. I can rub my penis on you. And you're like, no, I could do it better. I could no. do it better. <laughs> God, that is so funny. Um, so, uh, well, I know you've been there. I know about Ted. I'm just, why? So you, you wrote out the whole pandemic in New York. Do you think you're going to stay there? Um, I'm I mean, uh, not in New York, Mark. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Sorry. Don't fucking confuse us. With no, I know. I just can't. I, know. I don't um, really think the East Coast is New York. No, I'm but by, by the way, I wish I was in New York. It's great. Or, you know, it's the best city <laughs> in the world. Um, but uh, yeah, so we've been here. My wife and daughter and I, we moved, picked up at like cowards and instantly ran out of Los Angeles last, uh, early last June. Wow. And uh, we've been been loving it here. So we don't have any immediate plans to come back. Obviously, most of the world is Zoom right now. That'll probably change soon. But I think we're going to probably keep some component of that in the Family Guy room. Well, speaking, do you of think do you think like that it will change? Because I feel like there's a weird thing of people realizing, like that cliche of like this could have been an email. You know, like this, yeah. like like people realizing you can get a lot done on Zoom. I, I do think I do think a lot of it'll change. I mean, I think I think a lot of it'll change just for what you the reasons you just said because people understand how efficient it can be and how you can get things yeah. done. And I also think that a lot of larger you know companies will say like, why are we paying for these giant office buildings when yeah. this could be like twelve people in a you know a yeah. much smaller office? And we'll see. But have you enjoyed it more? Like, what's your feeling on it? Like, working from there versus being in LA? Like, well, you... I, you know, obviously, it's as 
you know, it's fun. It's really fun being in a writer's room, especially with writers that you've known for years and are, are your good friends now. Um, so I miss that, the social component of it. But in terms of getting the work done, I really have noticed people are more efficient on Zoom. There's just less dilly-dallying. Yeah. Um, and I have I, found that to, to my eye, it doesn't seem like the quality has dropped off, but it does seem like the efficiency has picked up. And what were, well, I mean, what were the hours like generally at Family Guy? They're very good. I mean, we have a lot of writers. So I we have, you're... yeah, we have, I think it's 23. Wow. And, uh, and, you know, new people have been there for like 10 years. Yeah. So everybody kind of knows the drill. Everybody, we, we've mastered that, you know, that we're in that sort of Gladwell zone of having done 10,000 hours of, yeah. of Family Guy and it just gets easier and easier. So the hours are enviable. You know, we're, we start at 1030 and uh, if we're, you know, if we're out at five, it's like, feels that's a long, long night. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's amazing. Speaking of the pandemic, one, I, I was just so delighted by this part of you because you really came alive on Instagram. <laughs> um, in, in a way that was just like, I, like your, um, your uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo stuff, and oh uh, and the it. mayor of Boston, and uh, I mean that stuff, it was so well done. I mean, you oh. really, I mean, I didn't know the mayor of Boston well enough to to compare it to anything, so I can only go by your Andrew Cuomo at the moment when he was most um, swanning and peak, you know, <laughs> around on it. it. Was just like my favorite impressions are the ones that like, it's not the voice, it's not the catchphrase, it's the those people who can get the essence. Dana Carvey is great at that. The best. Dana Carvey finds somebody and then we remember Dana Carvey's impression more than the actual person. Totally. Yeah. And there's other people, but what you you found something in that Andrew in Andrew Cuomo <laughs> that I, I even like when all, when all hell broke loose for him, when it was like all this shit came out, the first thing I thought about was you. I thought like, <laughs> you, you had a little of that sleazy quality as you were doing it. It was, like, it was weird in your impression. It presaged it. I mean, it just, I don't know. You emphasized something in him that in retrospect was a little bit like sleazy. That's, I know. Well, again, thank you. That's like, what listen, a compliment that's, that you that's all easy. that's all anyone who's on Instagram <laughs> wants to hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you've it's seen, sure. you were able to sell the sleazy. Very yeah, well, yes. almost no. effortlessly, frankly. <laughs> well, born to do it. So um, but yeah, no, that w that was just a weird thing where honestly, at the beginning of the pandemic, I think probably like most of us, I was legitimately freaked out. So I think I, I had uh, extra energy. And um, I found that doing that Instagram stuff, it just, it kept me, I would go, I would, what I would do is I would wake up in the morning and I would go down to like another room in our house where I could kind of shut myself in yeah. and then just sit there until I thought of something. And I found that it was such a, it was a weird release of energy and, uh, and just kind of like tension at the beginning of my day. And it, it helped me cope through it all. And of course, part of helping me cope is always what, monitoring the likes and comments. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> very healthy. Rounds of applause. Thank you. Oh, you love me too. Okay, I feel better today. This pandemic's gonna be swell. 
<laughs> no, I know I did. I, you know, because in the beginning I was not, I was not nearly as prolific as you, but I did find when I would do those little videos or do something, what would happen was it was so like, it just felt like, oh, I'm making something that's good. And I was really proud of it. And then I saw Bo Burnham's Inside special on Netflix yeah. and I wanted to kill myself because I, yeah. how much, <laughs> that guy got so much fucking done. I know. I, you're just an old piece of shit. You'll never be that good uh, or that work ethic. So I thought that was well, But we're on the comedy writer scale. So yeah, know, if, we can, if we can do like one thing a week, it's like being I was. Productive. It was a victory. I mean, I yeah. made my bed one day and I thought like you would think <laughs> that I had summited Everest <laughs> the way I had. Um, Oh, I was just rolling off the couch doing Zoom comedy shows. And I'm like, I did something. Yes, that's okay. That's okay. Right. I mean, this seems really fucking pathetic, but. The, now with Zoom comedy shows, can you, is this may be a stupid question, but is there an audience that you can hear or no? Yeah, you can. I mean, it's just like regular Zoom. You look out how many people are there. It could be, you know, 30, 40, like over a hundred, but everyone will be unmuted or asked to keep themselves unmuted unless there's a distraction, which uh, happened frequently, dogs barking, sirens, kids sure. screaming, and somebody would mute them. But yeah, you could hear the hear the feedback. I mean, it, it felt weird sitting like this doing stand-up comedy, but it was something. Like I yeah. felt like, I oh, I did something. Yeah, I, it's, the, it's the little victories. It yeah, is. it's a little victories, but it's it, it, like now that I'm back, doing live shows i'm like oh boy that fucking sucked yeah that was horrible um, that was the worst thing ever I no, I, 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 I like i've been to a couple of comedy shows i'm going to ask you about this because i know you did the roosevelt uh show but it was like i like i've been to a few since like it, things were open and the comedians just seem so happy and the audiences just seem so happy to yeah. be like like it's it's pretty amazing there's a special energy about that and i yeah I, 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 you, know, you also see it like it like baseball games or at the NBA um yeah um it, it, there's like there's I mean the NBA is it's not because there's a, it's a, it's the it's the playoffs but like it's just a regular season baseball games you can just see the fans just there's bigger smiles on their faces totally that makes sense but I, I've seen like and I know Alec you're a sports fan yeah. like I've also seen more fans not knowing how to behave and like randomly fighting people yes. for no <laughs> because they don't know how to like manage their emotions anymore it's like oh yeah. you're wearing the jersey of the other team so the, there's the, like the, the sons and four guy has become a hero have you seen that guy yes it's like yeah. this phoenix suns fan who uh, another team's fan tried to fight him and he he proceeded to pull his jersey over his head beat him up and then go sons and four and now he's got an <laughs> action figure and people are taking pictures with him who was a player that also like sent him tickets, sent him a jersey. Yes. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for beating up another guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that's interesting. So what are you working on now? You've got Family Guy in front of you. What else? So, yeah, we're still Family Guy Zooming, um, which is going well. And uh, I'm working on, um, I think I am, I, I hate sounding like this. I think I'm allowed to say this now because I heard it somewhere else. So it must be true. But I think, uh, I mean, we're writing a reboot of Naked Gun. Uh, oh my God. So I'm, I'm working on that script, which it's, I can see your faces like this. And my face was the same way when I, when Seth was like, oh, we're going to be, I'm doing this Naked Gun thing. I was like, oh my God. Yes. Yes. It's been a, 
fucking nightmare. But <laughs> I that understand said, that part too. Yes. Yeah. But that said, we're going to get it done. And uh, it's going to start Liam Neeson as the new Frank Drebin. Stop it. So, yeah. I'm literally I mean, looking across the room at Frank Drebin framed like I have it. Oh, like you the best. The <laughs> best. We, we just had David. Uh, David Zucker. Zucker. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. right. I know when I saw that, I was like, I wanted to reach out and grab him by the throat and just, yeah. no, not because he he's, has nothing to do with it. No, I, I understand. Just, you put me in this predicament because I love your work so much. Yeah, and it, it's always tricky, you know, living up to something. Liam Neeson is kind of brilliant. I mean, he, I one of my favorite clips when people just, to, if like you're trading video clips, is that thing he did in um, um, Life is Short, where he would, where like he wants to, he, I, I do comedy. That, that, that clip, I never even saw that show, but I've watched that clip 15 times. Great. And I've AIDS. Yeah, I've AIDS. But Leah's someone that's like, even when we had David on and we were talking about like Leslie Nielsen, there's that thing of like, he's a great, great dramatic actor, but he's just delivering those same lines the same way. He's not yes. trying to be, you know, funny. Like I've seen Liam do something, maybe it was like an MTV movie awards, like some little funny sketch, but he did that same, like very Defense. serious taken, you know, yep. deal. Yeah, yeah, that's a great choice. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, would, I would pay all of you to be able to, if you do a table to come to that table. <laughs> I'll bring y'all coffee, like whatever, you let me know. Yes. Yeah, and I I'll actually, I have no gag reflex. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't, well, he'll do it for me I, too. Like, I would I would trade that table read invite for, let's say what, six jokes. I'll get, that's what I'm saying. I would. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't want to just be there. I want to write jokes. I, I, I'm literally offering my services. I I'll hand cups of coffee with my jokes written on the. Front yeah. Of the <laughs> no, I, oh, okay. I'm only any of my movie punch ups. No offense to people I punch up for, but um, when they bring us in at that point, on it's it's never like for a movie that's really working in any way. Right. <laughs> it's it's for it's for the studio says hey. Bring in a couple comedy and like I go to those tables mostly, the one or two exceptions, but it's almost always I'm gonna, yeah, I'll put some yeah. ornaments on this dying tree. Yeah, but, this is called You Got Served. Can you fix this? Yeah. <laughs> Step up. That's amazing, though. That's so much fun. I mean, wow, I'm, I'm speechless yeah. over that. That's a, that's what oh, a fun project. That's fun. And also, I'm like you guys, uh, I'm starting a podcast with my friend uh, Julia Sharp, John Goldblatt. <gasps> Goldie. Mm -hmm. I yeah, I, I met. I know Julius. I don't know if I met John. They're they're the same people. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe I have. Maybe they just interchange. Yeah, no, he's got a weird thing where he has to. Yeah. I don't know why. And he, yeah, he makes you it remember? more interesting. I like it, and yeah. I loved his book too. By the way. Me too. So, so funny. Great. So you're going bald. God, it's yes. so great. Oh, I I, I I gotta read that. I didn't even know he had a book. I'll it's it so oh. fun, and and he he's very funny about because it didn't do well like no books do well unless no you're like Oprah yeah. or like you know Prince yeah Marie unless you're spread eagle in the middle of it or something right like that. so yeah. he he's he, we were talking about it the other day and he was like and you know what fuck bald people he's like <laughs> I, he's like this is this is the only I'm the only one who's ever written a book for them and they fucked me yeah he's I know like, I fucked him I mean <laughs> you know how can I do that oh um, stunning reveal yeah, I go, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> friend of mine was gonna write a TV writer I know was like writing a book. His agent said to him, "Why don't I just give you four hundred dollars and you don't have to write the book?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. You people get you get it in your mind, and I'm sure you do too. And and both oh, yeah. of you, were, 
you just have it in your mind like oh i i could write a great book one day and then you're like why why would i i know i know i there, i have one that i'm just trying to get out right now but it's like it's just for me i don't even give a shit i'm just like yes. it's, it's basically occupying space in my head and That's it's like I, it. and it's just like i have to clear this out because it's like it's been but who knows yeah do you, do you have plans to do you think you'll come back here to la well i mean i know that uh, I will, when when Family Guy offices open back up, I'll probably have to come out for like, you know, some weeks at that time. But I don't know if a permanent move back to LA is in the cards. I'm, you know, I'm honestly hoping it's not. How yeah. old is your child, your daughter? Five. It's, I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, there's something about not growing up in LA that I think is good. Yeah. I mean, well, that's like Mike Henry talked about, you know, his living in Richmond and not, you yeah. know, yeah. But yeah, I, I would, I get it. I could understand not wanting to raise your kid. Yeah. What could go wrong in Richmond? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> all I know is that you will not replace them. <laughs> That's <one>. right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we will not replace them. Yes, we, we will not replace them. That's true. Also, I would never, like, don't worry about us. We have yeah, don't, jobs. We're not, not going to replace anybody. <laughs> Boy, we've had a, what a run we've had with Weinstein oh and Epstein and now all this stuff. It's been rough. It's been rough. <laughs> I'm so happy when someone does something perverted and it's not one of us. I know. You know you're like uh, cold, crossing your fingers, like no, nobody, I don't know one that I gotta unfollow. No, no. Oh, that's an Italian surname, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, let's uh, let's move to that point in the show where we talk about things we're watching and what we like. And I will start with our guest, Alec. What is like blowing your socks off, or you're just into, and it's guilty pleasure. Yeah. To be recent or over. <clears throat> Yeah, so besides this podcast, obviously. Besides this podcast, which is blowing my mind. Yeah, everybody. Um, so, you know, when I'm taking my morning dump, I watch reaction videos on YouTube. I don't know if you guys like those. I love them. I love Bleak those. Night. I'm super into so them. So into them. Like watching somebody cry while watching Forrest Gump is like, I don't know why that does so much for me. I've been down this I, rabbit hole many times. Yeah, I love <laughs> I, I have my favorites and, and I... I do you have your favorites? Like, are there people that you love? You go to their reaction. I think, but I think my mind scattered because I did at first. I had my few favorites. I would watch them react to everything. And then it kind of spread out. So now my YouTube algorithm is just sending me yeah. anyone who, you know, listens to Al Stewart's Year of the Cat for the first time. <laughs> I'll, I'll get that. But I, so I, I watched the whole swath of them and I enjoy it. And I, you get stuck in Forrest Gump, Back to the Future. Like there are all these things that I remember obviously just adoring yeah. and just want to watch with, with these people. Well, that's um, what's fun about it though. You feel like you're watching it with new friends. Totally. Yeah, it's like, like you introduce it when you introduce somebody, a younger person to a song or a movie they haven't seen and you watch them love it, hopefully. Yeah, um, and, and like the enthusiasm. I was just watching a, people react to Reba McIntyre's Fancy. <laughs> that video, if you've never seen it, watch it. It's the funniest shit you've ever seen because it's about like her mom like turned her out like as oh. a prostitute. And, and it's oh. this whole like deep story. That wow. Reba, like it, it's played out in this video and you watch people, they're like, no, oh shit. Oh, no, her mom's like, they get so upset. There's tears at the end. I'm like, this is the greatest fucking thing. Uh, Danny, you must remember on, <clears throat> on the Fox lot, there's this, one of the stu uh, sets on the side of it has like a big Reba plaque. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I, I used to see it all the time. It, it's hysterical. I know, it's I like, I don't, have, 
We yeah. had a Reba flat in Modern Family for something. I was like, it's a different one. They did it. I mean, yeah, they did yeah, a lot. It's crazy. And also, by the way, Reba McIntyre and Dana Carvey never been seen in the same place. It might be one long <laughs> thing going on there. <laughs> I want to see Dana Carvey sitting in Reba. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but was, then in terms of stuff I'm watching on TV, uh, I'm watching a lot of the common stuff, Bachelorettes, Real Housewives, that uh -huh. kind of stuff. Guilty pleasures. I'm really into right now. I watch BritBox a lot. I don't know if you have oh, that. Yeah. yeah. So what are you watching? Are you watching like the English murder shows, or are you watching uh, the comedy? Loves all of BritBox. Love English murder shows. I can watch any of them. I've seen a lot of them. I don't know. Yeah. I, I need to lock into a new one because right now yeah. I'm sort of stuck in a weird vortex of continuing to watch. Um, the 1990s uh, TV version of Pride and Prejudice with Colin Firth. It's like so good. I've seen it. It is great. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's like, it's embarrassing. It's like, I could, I, I could, somebody else had told me about it. And that, I, so I watched it. Holy shit. It's so good. So good. I've been like, I'm, keep going. You go, keep going. Yeah, no, no. I, so I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in that. I, uh, there's something comforting about, something that was made in the 90s and set in the 1820s or whatever it yeah. was there's like there are like two levels of that serotonin release in your brain of like <laughs> oh going back to a comforting time and even further back to you know yes. and i also get struck when i watch those period dramas in england of like how little uh, like a, a production manager has to do on an English thing. It's like, we need to make this look like it's 1830. It's like, well, I guess okay. take that phone booth away and we're good. Shoot it there. Shoot it yeah. There. yeah. <laughs> Just put more ruffles so, on the girls and they're yeah. fine. So yeah. I can watch footage of like a British field for an hour yeah. and be yeah. happy. That's amazing. Yeah. We would yeah. like, I'll, I'll go next, but, uh, and then we'll, we'll wrap up with Jenny. But like, yeah. speaking of this, first of all, I, um, I was just out with a friend, uh, a couple old, writers old even older than I was last night and we were talking about BritBox actually and how the the conclusion is there are only maybe 20 actors in 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 all of England and they do everything and you get to know all of them it's, it's kind of amazing absolutely that's but, uh, totally true um I've been on my YouTube hole on speaking of England I've been watching British panel shows and I, didn't, I don't see them on BritBox there's like um Jimmy Carr hosts this thing, the big fat quiz of everything. And I'm a big fan of Richard Iowate. And, and he he's like hysterical on it. And 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 Noel Fielding and those comedy guys. And it's they're just really funny. So I've gotten down that rabbit hole. Do you know those? That's so cool. I know uh Jimmy Carr. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know uh the other people you mentioned. Yeah, Richard Iowati, he was like in well, he was he became sort of famous there. He was the Muzz on the um IT crowd the British version of that. And then he was also in that um, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, which is one of my favorite, it's six episodes. Okay. If you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. I just did you a huge favor by talking right, about it. All right, good. <laughs> Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. But then I the, the thing I want to talk about was on Netflix right now is this like limited documentary series. I just like locked it, it came out a couple of days ago called This Is Pop. Not to be confused with the This Is Pop documentary on XTC, which is excellent. <laughs> but this is, um, this is Pop and it's like, it's, the history of like pop music in some ways. And so they talk about, there's some really interesting ones. Obviously they talk about Brit pop. They talk about, there was one episode on Sweden's influence on pop music beyond ABBA. And it's crazy how Sweden has stealthily molded 
It continues to. Wow. All they're basically responsible for all, for Backstreet Boys, all of that. It's the Swedish producers who are doing that. Very fascinating. Crazy. The, the one that was fascinating me, and I really what there's a, they did an episode on Auto Tune, and obviously I'm like so sick of Auto Tune. And who do you think of? And we hate him for Auto Tune most of the time is T Pain. You know, we think about like oh that T Pain is like and they and T Pain features heavily. They interview him, and you leave. I saw this. <laughs> leave this ep, you. I left watching that. And I'm not saying I love T-Pain's music, but it's like, I love T-Pain. Right. He is the loveliest, most sensitive, beautiful yeah. man I have uh, ever yeah. seen. He's just like, I wanted to hug him throughout. And he's just open-hearted and wonderful. I, it's like, it altered, you know, it's just great. Yeah. I love it, that. It make you want to punch Usher. It made me want to fucking slam Usher. I don't want to spoil anything, I guess. Yeah, I, I love that. I, that that uh, reminds me of. Um, I'm I'm sure you, maybe you guys watched a couple of years ago uh, an HBO documentary called The Defiant Ones. It was yes, a, yeah. It was about uh, Dr. Dre and right, Jimmy yeah. Iovine. Yeah, yeah. And like I went into it sort of indifferent on Dr. Dre and kind of thinking Jimmy Iovine was a scumbag. Yeah. And then, right. then watching it, I was like, these, I love both of these guys. Yeah. They are, they're brilliant. Yeah. Yes. They're brilliant. They're strategic. They're, they yep. have, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yep. Yeah. Jenny, what are you watching? Okay. I just started watching it. I know it's been on for a while. It's not on anymore, but Angie Tribeca. Oh yeah, that's like have you the, seen Angie like, Tribeca? It's, it's Rashida, like, Jones. Rashida Jones, yeah. I haven't Rashida seen Jones. it. Steve Carell, his wife created it. It was, I think, on from 2016 to 2018. They're all on Hulu. Oh. It was a TBS show. It is like some airplane naked gun mm -hmm. shit. It's like that, like oh, slap By the yeah. way, by the way, it's Steve Carell's wife has a name. It's Mrs. Carell. Yes. <laughs> I call her. No, I'm just Isn't that, is that that's Nancy Walls, right? Yes, of course. Yes, uh, I was gonna say we, that. I just was <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Carell. We worked. Uh, we had a writer on the show, <laughs> Ryan like, Walls, who was his uh, was Nancy is his aunt. Oh, nice. <laughs> aunt Nancy. Okay. Aunt Nancy. Well, that's completely hilarious. It literally has a cameo by every funny person you've ever seen. Like, wow. it, it's highly recommended. It, it's very funny. I'm not oh. done with it yet, but I'm definitely gonna watch it. Oh, I have one more. Can I do one more? I know I yeah. lost my turn. Yes. Or do you have one more? No, you go. Okay, one more. I was recommended, um, which I never saw, speaking of something that was on, Man Seeking Woman. I never saw that on FX with um, Jay Barishaw. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember. I know what you're talking about, but I haven't yeah. seen it. It's bananas. It's, it's real. I think it's really fun so far. You know, I'm three episodes in, but it's really fun. Jay Barishaw had a moment there and when everyone was like, he's going to be the next big thing. And I, I actually, I think he's, really good he's yeah. terrific I, he's great and this is the end and um well he's had a great career i mean yeah. it's just yeah. he's not been that name i think that's like right they i kind of think everyone thought he was kind of going to be that guy yeah like, that guy yeah so i don't who knows i'm, I'm let's pick, fingers crossed last last shout out for me is uh not even a shout out if you ha everybody has hbo max i'm yeah. sure yeah you know, so they have the catalog of movies that come to HBO. One of the new ones that came, which for no reason I decided to watch last weekend, was um, uh, the early 90s Robin Hood Prince of Thieves with Kevin yes. Costner, yeah. which I'm sure we all saw at I the did. time. I slow dance to it that was, Brian Adams. Yeah, know, it, right. especially Danny, if you haven't seen it, it is unintentionally hysterical. <laughs> 
And it's mostly because of Kevin Costner's hair management. Oh, I can't wait. It was like an unbelievably precise skill at that time because it was, you know, he's got his issues there. Yeah. And just trying to play him as like a long haired 90s guy. It was such a challenge. Uh, and it's it's very funny because they also have like Christian Slater has kind of like a he's one of the little uh, the Mary band and Mary band. And clearly they're trying to like push him like it's we want Christian Slater to be big and it's it's all about hair and early 90s. And, and of course, Morgan Freeman is in it, who's great. Um, but every it's the early 90s like we're not racist hollywood kind of stuff where yeah where morgan freeman would say something wise and everyone would kind of look at each other like wow look at <laughs> this guy knew what he was talking about he maybe underestimated we've <laughs> underestimated him for reasons not clear exactly it's it was like robin hood men in tights when Danny, you'll you'll laugh very hard <laughs> oh I, I i i really can't wait i'm, I'm gonna actually write you afterwards <laughs> <laughs> please do um, well, Alex, this has been a delight. This oh. is so much fun. Thank you so much for doing Thank this. Thank you, guys. Uh, this, is a, this, is, this, is, this is a really fun one. It's fun, to, it's fun to catch up. And when you're in LA, uh, I hope we get to see you. And, um, and, uh, Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I, 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 went, I, uh, I, I got to go to one of your Christmas parties. It was the last time I saw you. I, I crashed it with my friend David Pressman and came there. And, it was, uh, um, and, uh, um, and I was like, oh, man, I should have crashed this earlier. And now you're gone and they're gone. So uh, <laughs> I, I had a blast there. But uh, do, do we have an, any time left for me to call David Pressman a miserable fuck? Yes, please okay. do. It's in there. Glad I, glad I got it in. It's absolutely in there. Um, well, thank you, Alan. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so guys. Much. You're thank awesome. You. I love thank your podcast. You. And, and thank you, Doing It Nation. We'll see thank you next you, week. Viva la revolución.